0: He's a well-respected high school football scout. Known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst.
1: Craig Craig Biggins.
0: Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith, Intercom Studios in the Miracle Mile. Here on a Tuesday. I know this is dropping on a Wednesday. Finals, opening finals, invites. They came out this past weekend at the LA Regionals, the opening. Good times, great players, a lot of familiar faces. It was a lot of fun. We're going to recap that. And uh, we're going to be talking recruit with my man Greg Biggins. Speaking of a GOAT, GB, let me bring you in. How you doing? Good.
1: Good, good, good. How are you
0: doing? I'm doing really good. Excited about today's show. i uh, got a special guest at the very tail end of the show. Today we're going to have Gary Bryan on, uh, the wide receiver MVP from the L.A. Regional Nike opening. He'll be on at the tail end of the show. Uh, But we're talking opening recap, position by position, who we liked, what we saw, um, who surprised us. Uh, We got some recruiting with you. We got a sleeper of the week out of the city section, GB. And I found a diamond in the rough, my friend. And I cannot wait to share with everybody who that is. But before we get to that... The Transparent Troops Recruiting Report. We're gonna jump right into recruiting with you, Greg. What you got for us?
1: Yeah. So as we talked off air, I think the uh, the big story was Puka Nakua, uh, Orem, Utah, elite elite receiver, longtime USC commit. reality was, I think most people, including USC fans, had kind of, had kind of a kind of already thrown in the towel that they were going to lose. Puka uh, came down to. University of Oregon and the University of Washington. A couple of Northwest schools. Uh, UCLA actually made a late run. But it was the two Northwest schools. He he went back and forth. It was a a really tight, tight battle. My co-worker and good friend Blair Angulo was all over this one. Uh, Was tipped off. It was going to be the Huskies a few days early. Um, Did not put it out there. So the kid could kind of have his moment. And he did. Committed to the Huskies. I know some people in Utah were a little bit upset. They do not really get it. They thought, why would a kid go on local radio and not go to Utah? It's not always how it works. You can choose whoever school you want to go to, and he chose the Huskies. So, great gift for them, man. They really need uh, some receiver help, some difference makers, and I think he's good enough to go in there and, and play right now. Uh, connected really well with, uh, with just brand-new wide receiver coach, Junior Adams, uh, also, uh, like Bush Hamden quite a bit, likes Coach Pete, built for life program. So the Huskies win a battle. And I tell you what, man, that Oregon, Washington, those two schools already kind of hate each other. They went head to head for a lot of players this year. That's going to be a fun rivalry to watch because those fans are already super riled up. That's a that's kind of like an almost like an SEC type of hatred between those two schools. It just kind of keeps getting ratcheted up throughout this whole entire recruiting season, Keith.
0: Yeah, you know what? That's going to be a lot of fun. For years to come You talk about two Really good coaches Head coaches And Peterson And Coach Crystal Ball Two great staffs They're both recruiting At a high level And uh, if you look here Nakua Going into a situation If you ask me Greg Washington was very limited on the outside, on the perimeter, in terms of receiving threats. They did not have anyone that who they who played last year that scared me, who I thought was going to take the ball to the house off one play, off one catch, or a catch and run. They needed wide receiver help. Taj Davis, Puka Nakua coming in ready to play. And um, they're going to inject some speed, some athleticism, and some playmaking into that wide receiver room. Excited about what the Huskies are doing on the recruiting trail. Puka Nakua, uh, as good as you're going to get kind of on this west coast as a wide receiver, I can tell you that. The kid's a big-time playmaker. I'm a big fan of his, GB.
1: No, he's really good. I mean, he's undervalued. I mean, we talk about Brew McCoy and Kyle Ford. I would not be surprised if this guy is more productive. I mean, he's just that that kind of athlete. Um, A lot of recruiting news coming out of the – Come out of the deal on Sunday, Keith. I Honestly, so much, I still haven't even downloaded all the little interviews I did, but just touch upon a couple. Elias Ricks uh, saying he's still locked in with LSU, but he will take official visits. Uh, the schools he mentioned he, that he wants to visit are uh, Alabama, Ohio State, USC, and LSU. He has one open. He said Miami or Oklahoma are fighting for so that last one. Gary Bryant, who you mentioned will be a, a guest of ours. Uh, most recently offered by UCLA and Stanford. So he is a scholar-baller, high-end academic kid. Uh, The schools that uh, he says are recruiting the hardest, in addition to those two, are Washington, Arizona State, Oklahoma, and then USC still in the mix. He's actually got an official visit set, Keith, to uh, Oklahoma in April. Wow. And then he's got an unofficial later this month to Arizona State. How do you think this kid would fit in that Oklahoma offense?
0: doesn't matter the offense for me and we'll talk about this more as we kind of get into our opening recap uh been a big big proponent of gary bryant jr for many a year saw him coming out of eighth grade knew he was a special talent not gonna why you with a ton of measurables he is just a a prime time player a smooth operator he gets it done on the biggest stages all the time and uh the consistency greg gary bryant jr in any offense at the next level is going to be productive because of his skill set, his will to win, his playmaking ability, and just his natural gift to make plays with the ball in his hands.
1: Yeah, saying that, that Oklahoma offense fits him like a glove. I mean, he's not a guy who's going to be a pro style, go out wide and and take on, you know, these six one six two 6'2", corners. But against in that system, you can put him in space. Sheesh. That's all I'm saying, Keith.
0: Well, you put you put him you put him opposite some of those guys. They already got there, like Theo Weese and J Nine Hazelwood. You stick night. Gary Bryant Jr. in the slot with uh, you know uh, Spencer Rattler throwing the peel and and, and T J Pleasure toting the peel and Oklahoma's Oklahoma's getting they're gonna be in the playoffs for a while.
1: Man, we can talk about Gary Bryant, but we got to move on. Yeah, um, but he did, man. He was good. That was the best I've I've seen him. He put on 12 pounds since last year. Um, yep. Ran four seven eight last year. Went four four six in the rain this year. So I mean, really really stepped it up in that offseason training program. Corey Foreman, how about him? Uh, USC and Oregon. Yep. Are the top two for him. I think right now USC has got to be considered the team to beat. They just signed three kids from Centennial and uh, and Corey. That's kind of where he's kind of leaning a little bit. But Bama and UGA are also high on his list. Jermaine Burton from Calabasas. Uh, he said the three schools, he didn't say these were his leaders, but said the three schools that are coming hardest for him right now are uh, LSU, UGA, and UCLA. Oh, kind wow. of surprising here in UCLA. They mentioned a lot more in 2020 than we probably did all throughout the 2019 season. Uh, Oregon is also on his list. Uh, Jermaine's from the South. He's from Georgia. I think a lot of people think he probably will be going back there for his college ball So I think watch out for LSU and watch out for the Bulldogs that UCLA is trying. Johnny Wilson, his teammate at Calabasas, he has a top five of Oregon, Washington, UCLA, Ohio State, and Texas. That's his top five right there. And I think he's going to wait and do a a commitment at the Under Armour All-American game. Drake Metcalf, who was the O-line MVP. Uh, Oregon, I think, looks good right now, but watch out for Stanford, Keith. He's got a... uh, He's got a four points up in GPA. He just took the ACT on Saturday. I think if his grades check out and he gets that Stanford offer, which he's going to camp with them over the summer and hopes he gets it, I could see them potentially offering maybe even before that camp. But uh, if he does get that Stanford offer, they could be really, really tough to beat. Uh, Court Williams, uh, St. John Bosco, 20, 20 hybrid safety linebacker. He just received offers this week from AM. Florida State, and Oklahoma. Uh, USC has offered him already, as has Oregon. Those, those are kind of like the local favorites, but this is a kid with the, you know, again, highly academic kid, 3'6 GPA, and I think he's going to be a national guy, already is. And uh, right now, I think he's actually open. I don't think he has a, a short list. He's going to take it all in. Uh, Justin Flo, always kind of fun to watch. Sure. Him and his brother, Jonathan, just visited UCLA last week. Uh, also in the mix is USC. He's got one official visit that he knows he's going to take, not a date, but he knows he's going to visit a school that goes by the name of Clemson. They're pretty good at football. Uh, so they will get an official visit. I'll also mention Alabama high on his list. Oregon is high on his list. Washington is high on his list. And he's got He's got a lot of schools. He just says he'll probably have a top 15 coming out very, very soon. Darnell, Washington, the big 6'8 tight end out of Desert Pines, Nevada. He's all over the place in terms of his offers. I think a a few schools on his short list right now, Keith, are Auburn, Penn State, Alabama, UCLA, USC, Oregon, and Washington. And again, he's got probably a list of 10 to 15 schools. Uh, Jordan Banks, Narbonne High School, uh, worked out with the defensive end. Also kind of played linebacker. He said the three schools coming for him hardest right now are... Alabama, Oklahoma, and Washington. He just picked up offers last week from USC and Michigan. And like I said, man, we could go on and on and on. New offers are coming in every day. Kansas, I've noticed, has been pretty active. Kobe Pepe, uh, Ronald Gilliam got offers. Uh, as did Drake Metcalf from Kansas. And I think the Fighting Lane Kiffin's out of SAU have offered a handful of kids out out uh, out west too. So my voice is already cracking. I'm going to throw it back to you. I'm not. I'm not in podcast
0: shape yet, Keith. Yeah, no, I hear you. But you know what? The offers are flying out. I mean, I know Kansas is extremely active over the last couple days. And uh, OU, always active out west. Oregon, always active. Florida State, of course, they got a a lot of uh, relationships out west, and they're offering guys. So, uh, Court Williams, a name that you're going to hear a lot, especially come Friday, as he is our five-star Friday guest. And uh, a lot to like about this kid. A lot to love, actually. He's an outstanding young gentleman, and I can't wait to get him on air and have our interview rocking and rolling on Friday. But nevertheless, Greg Biggins, thanks a lot for your recruiting nuggets. We appreciate you. Right now, it's time for our Sleeper of the Week. It's time for our Sit and Sleep Sleeper of the Week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry's all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only
1: place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body Diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Sit and sleep.
0: They'll beat anyone's advertised price or your mattress is free! free! Yeah. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. Alright, our sleep sleeping a week this week. GB, as you know, When I show up somewhere, I can spot a guy in a blink of an eye. Walked on to Long Beach City College inside a veteran's stadium. Purposely, Greg Biggins, I don't like to have a roster in my hand. I don't like to have a roster near me. I don't want to know who anybody is by name. I let my eyes do do the observations and let my mind work and I know what I know I see what I see and I know what I see and let me tell you something there was a guy who jumped out for me Mario Martinez he's a six foot two, 180 pound receiver out of Reseda High School yep same high school as AGH Alonzo Gray Hall signed with Wyoming but Mario Martinez man he was athletic the athleticism The ability to change direction, accelerate in space, use his body lean and body control. Man, I really like this kid. So what I did, Greg Biggins, when I got home the next day, I turned on his tape. And I said, well, you know, I don't want to be a a prisoner of a moment. I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. Maybe he just had a good day at the opening. Maybe he just was playing... Out of body, maybe he was just so inspired, it just had him turn it all the way up. But then you turn on the tape, Greg Biggins, and the tape is was even better than his performance at the opening. I'm talking about a guy who consistently makes acrobatic catches, it's the norm for him. One hand diving toe drag, swag on the sideline. Whatever it it calls for, this kid does it. Up and over people, taking hits across the middle, 10 feet in the air. Mario Martinez. Mark it down right now. It's a Pac-12 kid. I'm telling you that right now. Now, if I'm in a Pac-12 coach, I go after this kid. He's a baller. The kid can run routes. He's got speed. He's got Catch radius and length. He's, his athleticism is really good. His body control, his hand-eye coordination, his tracking. The kid is a big-time playmaker. I really, really like him. So Mario Martinez, Receda High School, why 2020 wide receiver. You are this week's Transparent Truth sleeper of the week. Congratulations, my man. And I know you college coaches are listening. You better go get this dude. You better turn on the film. Do a double take. Turn on the film. I promise you, you're going to like what you see because I was impressed. GB, it's time to move along. Move it along. So before we get into our opening recap, position by position recap, we're going to talk about what we saw, what we like, what we thought we'd change, whatever the case may be. I want to touch on a little bit about uh, a little controversy out there. There's some people who are upset, and as we like to say on this show, people like to find reasons to get upset or be mad, even though it's, sometimes it's fake mad. Uh, I want to talk about the situation between Jeremiah Cardale and Sean Dollars. As juniors in their fall campaign, Rancho Cucamonga, Rancho Cucamonga Stars, offered up by 20 colleges at least each, They end up transferring to modern day for the spring of their junior year. They play the fall of their senior year, win a state title. They end up transferring back to Rancho Cucamonga, and they're going to finish out their high school career there. There's a lot of issues. A lot of people upset Greg Biggins. A lot of people mad, mad at the kids, mad at the parents, mad at, I don't know why they would be mad at modern day. Um, as if modern day um, forced these kids to do this or um, encouraged them to do it, and because I'm sure, I'm pretty sure that that's not the case. But um, Greg, tell me, give me your stance on the whole deal, Greg, because it, it, it riled up a lot of feathers.
1: It did. It did. And, and I think I've said it before. I think we live in a day and age where people look for reasons, to get mad and offended. Um, you know, I, I think most people are mad at modern day more so than anybody else because they truly believe that they recruited these kids with the intention of, hey, come here, you get some offers, you win a ring, just stay a, a semester and then go back to your school. They think they were recruited with that type of sales pitch, uh, which wasn't true at all. Uh, number one, they weren't recruited by Mother Day. I actually know how they ended up at Mother Day. It had nothing to do with, with Mother Day. They never initiated the contact in the first place. Number two, it was never the plan. Uh, initially, for the kids to come in and, and to go back to their home school, just kind of, you know, worked out that way. They want to graduate with their class, and I think the thing that maybe up, upset people was, why did Rancho want these guys in their graduation signing day picture or whatever because they already did one at Modern Day. Uh, again, I think for me, kind of much to do about nothing. I feel like there's a lot of things going on that are wrong in this world. Um, I, I don't think this is necessarily one of them, and I think. I think certain people may have agendas toward certain schools, and and there's a lot that goes on at other schools, whether it be people selling weed, uh, people getting kicked out of school for fighting, um, all kinds of stuff that's not going to get reported. But, you know, I I think right now, modern day, definitely people are watching very closely. You know, uh, uh, some kid, you know, he doesn't, you know, miss the toilet seat. It's going to be front page news, right? I I think that's kind of where we're at right now. And I, I think there's a lot bigger issues that are going on that aren't being reported. So uh, for me, like I said before, with you off air, it's kind of a Tour de France thing with Lance Armstrong. Everybody's doing stuff. Only certain schools are getting reported on it. And so I don't want to be part of the group that just piles on a certain school or a certain kids or a certain family for doing stuff. And at the end of the day, uh, really shouldn't matter too much to grown adults.
0: Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm taking a stance of, number one, I know both kids personally. um, And I know both their parents. And these are good people, number one. And number two, if someone chooses, and someone in their family, let's say student athlete and their family, chooses to make a move like this where they're going to transfer and they want the experience of playing on a big stage and getting themselves prepared for college, whatever the case may be, whatever the reasons were. Um, that's their choice. And I'm not sure if it's anybody else's responsibility to, number one, uh, shame them for their choice. Uh, number two, uh, you know, give them a bunch of backlash for choosing it. And number three, um, trying to judge them uh, It's their choice. You know, when you when you do things uh, as an individual, you have the choice to do it one way or another way or whatever the case may be. With that being said, that was their decision, their choice. They made it, and they don't have to explain that to anyone. They don't owe anybody anything. They don't owe Rancho Cucamonga High School. They don't owe modern day. They don't owe anybody anything other than themselves. As long as they chose to do what they wanted to do and they had their reasons for choosing it, then all should be fine with the world and i'm not sure why um, everybody else is mad or people are upset but you know let these let these kids and these parents carve out their way everybody's got to walk their own road in life greg let them carve out their role let them walk it and wish them well i'm not sure why everybody's so upset and and i get it it's modern day people want to be mad at modern day but I can't be mad at Modern Day. What are you gonna do? Sean Dollar says, "Hey, I want to transfer there." What are you gonna do? Tell him no, no, you can't transfer here. Sorry, you're a four-star athlete, and um, you got too many offers. You can't come here. I mean, what, what are they supposed to do?
2: You know, any other I think
1: sh- that's the issue. I think that's the issue, Keith. Just not to cut you off, but yeah. I think people are—they are, don't like transfers, right? They so the answer to that question: If you're Sean Dollar you want to transfer to Modern Day. I think people are saying they shouldn't be allowed to.
0: Oh, give me um, a break, Greg!
1: They should have to stay where they're at. Give me a and break. <laughs> definitely, once you go to day, you shouldn't be allowed to transfer back to your home school. I think that's the that's the part that upsets people.
0: Why are people trying to put? Why why are we trying to limit everyone? Uh, is it jealousy? Is it insecurity? Why are you trying to limit these young players for from? Um, getting the type of exposure and experience that they desire.
1: I'm, you know, me, I don't care. But the devil's advocate would say, "Why does Sean Dollars need exposure? You're already going to Oregon. He's got his 25 offers. Stay where you're at and play for your local high school, right? Well, That's the devil's advocate, yep. and honestly, like I, I've even, you know, thought I'm a little surprised. Thought you've always been a guy who I thought was more of the stay where you're at. You know, you don't like to transfer to super teams. Right. So um, I'm not sure if you're changing change your mind on that or if you're just kind of... Uh, but for me, I, it doesn't bother me. Uh-huh. But I think that's the devil's advocate. That's the newspaper guy's opinions. That's the, the parents' opinions out there of, mm. of its rampant transferring. There's only three or four legit teams now. We got to put a stop to these transfers. And th- what made it a mockery was the fact that they were only there for a, a semester and a half and then went back to their homeschool to finish off you know their last semester. That, it, it, like That's why I think was really blowing people up and kind of blowing their minds for the last
0: couple days. Yeah, I'm not a super team guy. I'm a guy who likes to take down Goliath. Uh, but it's their choice. It's not my choice. I mean, if, if I if I had to advise him, I would have said, hey, just stay where you're at. You'd be okay. But if they choose to leave and go join Modern Day because they want that big platform and that big game experience, more power to them. I'm not going to judge them for that. That's their choice.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, I'm, I'm. I don't judge. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to judge anyone for for doing what they feel is best. I'm just, you know, just a devil's advocate. Sure. People are, are just bothered by the the rampant. Yeah. And, and then, you know, I think it's it's not a level playing field in the sense that they feel some players don't have to do the five game sit out. Others do, um, which they feel, hey, Mar Bosco, why don't why don't those kids have to do a five day sit out, five game sit out? Uh, they actually do. Braden Huffman Dixon set out five games and. Uh, so did Bo Collins at St. John Bosco. So it, it's not just you know it's every school deals with with the same you know similar issues. It's not not just those two get free passes. So kids can come in and and play right away.
0: Greg, why do people hate modern Day so much?
1: That would be a whole show, Pete. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not even joking. That would be a whole show of of. Uh, You know people that number one they win i think people feel there's an arrogance about them i think people feel in the last four or five years they've kind of went away from modern day you know in the past and kind of someone said sold their soul the devil open up the transfer market to go get kids from the ie inner city bus and kids in well well as before they were kind of the the holier than that we don't do that kind of stuff and i think all that just really bothers them you know there's people think oh there's you keep hearing the race card mentioned every time you mention Rawlinson or Modern Day. And, and again, it's, it's a whole show worth of stuff that you could say yeah. about Modern Day. Living in Orange County, and I went to you know, Ocean View back in the day when Garrett Knight was one of the assistant basketball coaches, and he left Ocean <laughs> View to go to Modern Day. And shoot, they were getting players from all over for basketball. No one said anything, but now it's football, and now it's a big deal. But the basketball program was always getting guys from from all over sure. but I've been to Modern Day I've known Coach Rollinson for 20 plus years I've never had anything but the utmost respect for him as a man and as a coach and you you, you won't hear too many people who, who went there uh, unless you know you couldn't play because other guys kind of maybe played over you um, you know have anything but real positive things to say about the experience it's a pretty first class school I've again, been there a lot and it's you know academically they do a, gr- a, gr- a great job, so there's a lot of positives there. But yeah, then they are the number one target that everyone wants to wants to tear down if they can. Every little thing gets magnified for sure.
0: That that's sad, Greg. <laughs> that's sad. It'd be a whole show, but you know, nevertheless, we have to move on. Congratulations to Sean Dollars and Jeremiah Credell signing both. One to Oregon is Dollars. Credell to Oklahoma. Two kids moving on in life free education a chance to compete on a global scale at the college level and uh, change the trajectory of their family's life so I think we all can applaud that and be happy for them or at least I hope we can here we go we're talking the opening GB we got an opening recap my man um, I'll be the first to say Greg I did not pay much attention to the quarterbacks For a number of reasons. Number one, I can only watch so many guys at one time. And number two, um, there were a lot of really bad balls. And I felt like the quarterbacks as a whole were underwhelming. I don't know what you have on that. But let's start at the quarterback position, if you don't mind. What did you see, if you were able to see, um, what were your takeaways?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was hard. Quarterback was by far the toughest position. I, I don't know if you had the chance to go. They did an Elite 11 workout right in the middle of it. So... That was, I think, during kind of the tail end of the running back, linebacker drills, they had a separate Elite 11 workout on another field. So if you went, went over there at all, you had a chance to, to kind of see, you know, what was going on. Uh, and I think the two guys, and, and that had a, that had probably more to play into who got MVPs and whatnot. Jack Miller, Bryce Young were the two guys who got invited to the Elite 11 finals. They call it the finals, and then from there, they, you know, 24, and they take 12 to the opening. But, uh, uh, seen Jack a lot. Probably, probably as good as I've seen throw it. Um, gets a little bit long with his release on some of the deeper throws, but probably had the strongest arm that I saw. Um, and then Bryce, I mean, we talked about Bryce forever. He, Bryce was Bryce. You know, some of the best deep balls were his, which is something I know he wants to work on, is get a little bit more air mm-hmm. on his deep ball. But uh, you, you never get to get to full Bryce in that kind of setting because he's so dynamic as an athlete. But both those two guys were the, uh, the Elite 11 invites um I like J.D. Johnson also he's a kid who's uh interesting story he was Spencer, Rattler, Spencer Rattler's backup yeah. last year yeah. at Pinnacle and ended up getting a lot of playing time still and played really well when he got the opportunity and committed to Michigan so man you don't see too many uh backup quarterbacks getting offered by Michigan like, yeah. that was pretty cool for him yeah right? um did you, see, did you see J.D. at all or, or get the
0: chance to, to watch him spin it? No, I, I didn't, and uh, I regret that because I remember talking about him last year, this last football season, and how he came in for Spencer Rattler, and they kind of didn't miss a beat. I mean, the guy was throwing it all over the yard. He was running, a big kid, big strong arm kid. So uh, I regret not getting the chance to see him, but I'm sure I will as we kind of move along and, and the camps continue to – get all the top players there and yeah. watch him perform. But um, you said you really liked him, huh?
1: So he had a good day. Uh, Shane Allenworth, I thought, did well in the Elite 11 part of it. You know, he was talking to Chad Johnson during the delay when it was raining. And, um, you know, he, he was. He said Shane was probably the guy who would spin it. That's when it really started to come down was the very end of that. Uh, he was really impressed, impressed with his ability to kind of spin the football through that weather. Um, I, I, I thought it was just okay during the actual – uh, One on ones, but in the elite eleven part of it, um, I thought it was good. I thought Le- Luca Diamont was good during the elite eleven part of the workout. Um, I like some of the young kids: uh, Jake Garcia, uh, teller Buckner, a couple of twenty twenty-two kids, so really young. Um, they they had some some good throws and and looked, looked pretty good. Uh, Ethan Garbers uh, was solid. Um, you know, won't wow you with a with a big arm, but just You know, real smooth, efficient. We've seen kind of his recruitment really take off uh, over the last couple weeks. So, like you, it was definitely – sometimes there's so much to watch. Sure. You you try to watch everything, you end up watching nothing. Yes. So, it's almost better just to kind of just watch one group. And with four different groups going on at the same time, quarterbacks all spread out. And you're focusing on wide receiver DBs. It's almost like, hey, now who threw that ball? You try to find the quarterback after the throw. and But there's like a 1,000 quarterbacks. So, (laughs) it's kind of hard. It was kind of hard to keep track of it, so. But those were a few guys that I thought stood out pretty well.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You hit the nail on the head. Trying to watch everything, you end up watching nothing, and uh, I made that mistake a long time ago, and I've refused to make it again. Let's move along. Uh, let's move to let's say uh, let's start with the let's start with the O line D line. They started off first um, in the morning session. O line D line. Let's talk about some guys uh, that you like. Let's talk about offensive line first. GB, anything out there that you saw um, that really stood out for you? Other than, of course, we know Drake Metcalf. He did win the MVP. I thought he was really good. I actually, yeah. I actually called that he would win MVP, and and he did. I just, I've really gotten into his tape as of late, Greg, and I've been really, really, really impressed. Talked to his dad on the phone um, for a pretty long time, and. Really impressed with Drake. I think he's a outstanding football player and I knew his his skill set would translate to a, a great camp performance. What else did you see out there, G B?
1: Yeah, I mean that was probably the biggest no brainer going in. I he actually texted me the day before and said, Hey, who else is coming? And I was like, Dude, Drake, don't worry about it. If you don't get M mm. V P something's wrong. Yeah. Um Chris Ward, Chris Ward disciple, uh, who also trains, you know, Miles Morale, who got M V P last year, so Kind of shout out to Chris Ward, back-to-back O-line MVPs. You know, a guy, Keith, I know you mentioned the receiver, but my, my sleeper was on the offensive line, Kay. Kip O'Kills. Yes. i, I got to be careful how I say it. It's a tough name. name. It's tough. It's a hard one. No foe of Fia, Fia Tulafono. Yeah. I think he goes by Fia. Yep. No foe of Fia Tulafono. Tulafono. Um, Tulafono. So just call, let's just call him Fia yep. Tulafono. But no, I thought he was good. And, uh, again, plays with Jason Rodriguez. Uh, Pops gave me a heads-up about him a few weeks ago. Hey, watch out for this guy. Uh, Really, really good. He actually said he might be even better on D-line as a Mm D-tackle. But he might have been – I'm kind of looking at my list as we speak. He might have been the number two guy behind Drake. He made that final five at the end of the day. And uh, I really like him. I think he's got a chance. I – both sides of the ball, I think. he's. You know, he's what you look for in a guard. He's strong, strong base, powerful kid, uh, but, you know, pretty light on his feet, lateral mobility. Uh, you, you liked him too?
0: Yeah, I did. I thought he was stout. He was tough to move. He had enough quickness in his feet uh, to kind of mirror guys who had that initial quickness off the ball. But he was strong. He was aggressive. I thought he had heavy hands when he kind of st- – put his hands on guys it really slowed up their pass rush thought he did a nice job uh ernest green the two 2000 2000 2022 left tackle out of st john bosco a kid i'm super high on that i've been watching again since eighth grade since he played um used to practice right next to my son's 6u team Uh, A year and a half ago, when we were playing at the Cerritos Vipers, and Ernest and his dad and their team, they used to work out right next to us, Greg. And I used to look at him and watch him. And I used to think to myself, this kid's going to be an animal one day. And if you turn on his tape, and I don't know if you've seen his tape yet, Greg, it's probably the best freshman tape I've ever seen um, from anybody. Offensive line, quarterback, receiver, it doesn't matter. It's probably the best freshman tape I've ever seen. It's unbelievably dominant, and I thought he was good. Um, I thought his technique. Uh, I thought it suffered, kind of, especially later in the in the day, just in terms of uh, the one on one competition. But the the talent is all there. I think once he becomes more disciplined with his technique um, and trusts his training a little bit more, and and not going back to being just an athlete, a big a big jumbo athlete. Uh, he's gonna be so, so special, so, so special. But 2022, Ernest Green out of St. John Bosco, um, you better look out. This this kid could be the number one player in the country. Player, Greg, in the country in
1: 2022. Yeah, I mean, Wyatt Davis is royalty at St. John Bosco, and, and those coaches have been saying this is the best O line prospect we've ever had here. So, yeah, as, as, as acknowledging what a great Wyatt, what a great player Wyatt Davis. Was so, no, I did see his film, and it, as you're speaking, I'm trying to in my head think about other freshman film I've seen, and I can't think of another one. I'm sure there's got to be someone, something out there, but right now I really <laughs> can't think. Um, but no, he, he was he, he was really good. Um, you know, Ty Marks is always good in that kind of setting. You know, yes, so strong and physical, dominant interior center guard. Um, you know, Jonah Meinheim came in. You know, he's kind of a hot guy. A lot of offers. I thought he was solid. He, he lost a few. He won a few. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the frame, and I'm looking more at that. You know, a guy like Jeffrey Percy was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, me and Blair were talking, and you saw Jeffrey Percy at left tackle, and then Drake at left guard at one point when Drake wasn't playing center. And you, you look at, you know, Drake was so good, and he's got you know six offers, and you got Jeffrey Percy, who you know, his own words, he struggled, mm-hmm. um, but he's six six. And he's a lane 250, 260. Right. And he's, like I mentioned, he's got every offer. And it's just, for people who are, who are watching who don't really get it and are going to go, why does this guy have more offers? Well, this guy's a way better football player. It's just all about that long-term projection. So, uh, you know, with Percy, you know, you got got to get stronger. Yep. Um, got to get more confident. Um, you know, he's playing for Pat Harlow. The technique's going to get better. That was his first year playing offensive line was his past year. with was a tight end until right. this past season. Yeah. So, but I think it was just—it was just funny to see those two guys lined up right next to each other, and use was a perfect picture of projection versus performance.
0: That, Guy that's with the better good.
1: performance, but not yeah. always be the better prospect, and vice versa. So, yep. Um, but overall, Keith, I thought it was just an okay, you know, group. Maybe four or five guys yeah. kind of jumped out, not one of the best. Um, but you know, I thought those were probably the the, the top guys that I saw.
0: Yeah, just, I want to just kind of reiterate. Ty Marks, I thought was really good. Um, I thought he was tough. Uh, I thought he was super competitive. Um, He played with an edge, with a swagger on that offensive line that that I like to see from a big boy. Uh, A guy who's never going to back down from competition, who's always looking for the biggest and best guy to match up against. And um, He normally has a very good camp performance. I thought, again, he was very good. Ty Marks. I know he has, what do he have, one, maybe two offers, GB. I think more are going to start coming in. As an interior guy, I really like him. That's a guy you can win with. I can tell you that yeah, right no, now. Yeah, no,
1: no doubt, no doubt. I think he played out of position last year by necessity. Yes. He played tackle, yes. and he's a natural guard, maybe even a center. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I wouldn't mind if he kind of leaned out a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Probably still carrying some, some, you know, some bad weight, but he's a football player. And he goes to these camps, went to the Army Combine. Man, and he's, he's got a chip on his shoulder Because a lot these guys are just out there to compete But he knows, man, I have one offer I gotta get some film I gotta kill some kids I can't just be good I need to be great at these events And and uh, he had a he had a really, really good performance for sure
0: Yeah Let's move on to the defensive line Defensive line, of course, won um, MVP won by Corey Foreman The 2021 uh, stud defensive end out of Corona Centennial Had a great day um, He's got a, a terrific skill set, Greg we we've said this for uh, I guess over a year now. This kid projects long term. Um, I think he could be a stand up guy if he chose. He can put his hand in the dirt. He can he can go outside with speed. He can come inside with quickness, or he can bull rush you, uh, as we've seen. That's gone viral with power. This guy is a three way go. Edge rusher, and he's going to be a problem for years to come. Would you see, GB?
2: So, Keith. So, let's.
1: We all know he's great, right? It's, let me ask you this question. Yeah. Is this more fake rage?
0: It's got so to be. I, it's it's got to be. I know.
1: I know what a bull rush is. Yeah, right? Okay.
0: Okay. Let's go.
1: I did not. I did not think. Excuse my my grammar. I did not think that is not what a bull rush is. I I worked these camps for fifteen years, right? And a bull rush is when you grab the guy. Almost headbutt him. You put your head into him and you drive him into the quarterback. Right. That has always been outlawed. What they've always been taught is before you even do a swim, a spin move, a dip it under, they always say, hey, punch first and then go. I saw Corey Foreman punch first Mm -hmm. and the guy got launched three yards on his butt. To me, that was not a bull rush. It was was how they used to be taught at these camps was, Punch and then go. Do your move after you make initial contact with your punch. It was I've seen bull rushes. You always see the interior guys where they just grab the guy and just try to shove him right straight back. No moves. Don't mm. even try to go around him. No right. counter. Just go straight in a straight line. I watched that video, Keith, like 20 times. So I thought that was a good football play, not a bull rush. But you have all these guys, even like professional offensive line coaches, yep. who are screaming and saying, it's a bull rush, it's unfair for the guy, blah, 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 blah. I'm going, dude, like, are we really at that point? And and I probably sound the same when I get pissed off when I see a DB who just wants to tackle a guy. Yeah. But for me, I didn't think that was the true definition of a bull rush, as I explained. What did you think?
0: I agree with you 125%, Greg. I saw it live, and then I saw it on video. That's not a bull rush. That's a that's a, a pass rush, Greg, and the difference is, and I want you to imagine, if he comes off the ball and puts one hand in the guy's chest and works the edge and the guy falls, is that considered a bull rush as well? So why is a two-hand punch considered a bull rush? It's the same move. It's just one is a, a long arm, one arm, and one is a two-hand uh, press, Okay, a two-handed punch. All right now, and and there's counters to that, right? So maybe he was gonna punch and rip, or maybe he was gonna punch and dip, or maybe he was gonna punch and spin. That's a that's a move to set up a move. Now, if the guy flies ten feet backwards off your punch, what what do you what are you supposed to do about that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're not like you said, and Keith. The thing is, they used to tell them you cannot do your counter until you punch first. My that point, was the yeah. old He's right. not there. The old the D old line coach yeah. who was awesome. Yeah. Marty Spaulding, who coached with Bob Johnson, Mission Diego, and yes. just one of the best line coaches I've ever been around. He used to get ticked off at the players if they would try to do a spin move or a swim without punching the kid first. Two hands in the chest, then work, like you just said, work off that move.
0: Yes, it's a setup.
1: The, when the guy, when you're 6'4 and 250 and look like Tarzan, your punch might knock someone back, but that's not. It wasn't a malicious. No. But I couldn't believe. The, yes. The, the threads by people like professional O line coaches, who I thought would should should know better.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Uh, it great. It just it's a reflection of society. Let's just be honest. We are a soft society. We're trying to figure out a way to. Blame somebody else, point the finger, not take responsibility. It's, oh, that guy wasn't ready to play and he's still developing. That's not Corey Foreman's fault. That's not his responsibility as a pass rusher. My job is to get to the quarterback. If this guy isn't ready, if he isn't developed, then he shouldn't be here. If he's not ready to compete, why is he have his hand in the dirt? I'm coming off the ball because I'm trying to make a play and prove that I'm the best guy here. What do you want this kid to do? I just don't. I don't understand it.
1: Yeah, in the the camp, and again, I've been on that side for 15 years of my 15 years of my life, and my, my biggest objection has always been. And I I love Brian and I love Andy Bark. And so it's always you know there's too many guys. It's a, it's a 500 person camp. If you want to make it even more elite, no no respect to this kid. I don't even know his name. He um, probably shouldn't be at this camp. It's elite, best of the best. Top, you're talking about the top 150 to 200 players from the whole entire West region and beyond. There's right. players from Hawaii, Utah, Colorado. Right. They're all there. If you're going to get knocked back five yards by a guy who's a grown man as a as a rising junior, don't blame the kid for doing a football move because this other kid wasn't ready for it and probably shouldn't have been there. So that and again, I'm always pro kid. I hope this kid rallies and comes to an All-American as a right tackle in whatever, you know, down the road. But sure. There was nothing wrong with that football play at all. Yeah, yeah.
0: Let's let's move along. I want to talk about some other standouts on the defensive I thought Jordan Berry was really good. The, the interior defensive tackle from Narbonne. Uh, big kid, strong, a bull. You talk about a, a bull rusher. This kid is big. He's physical. He's mean. He's nasty. And uh, he's got – a first step um, that can get into a gap and get up the field and be a vertical penetrator. I like Jordan Berry, Kobe Pepe. I thought Flash for me. Um, he's been doing the same things for years now. It seems like he's been at Bosco for five years, but his quickness uh, mixed with or added with his strength, um, his tenacity, his toughness. I thought Kobe Pepe was good in the interior as well. GB, anybody else stood out for you?
1: I like Kobe a lot. Uh, you know, Berry's a guy who's who I had high expectations for kind of coming out of eighth grade. He already had offers and just I haven't seen it with the pads on yet. Mm-hmm. He hasn't really even started that much for Narbonne.
0: Mm-hmm. But that
1: was hopefully maybe the what's the proverbial white ball that's going on for him. Yeah. I, I thought that was he had a really good performance. Um Jordan Banks I thought was intriguing. I wasn't sure if he was, if he was gonna go with the outside linebackers on the defensive end. Yeah. I thought, you know, he flashed a little bit. There's a kid from Utah and I was watching uh, I-Holani Ross, I probably killed his name I-Holani Ross, or Ross R-A-A-S-S, from Skyridge in Utah I wrote his name down, and also a kid from Arizona, Regan Terry, out of Florence, I thought both those two kids also uh, were pretty impressive, but uh, Corey Foreman, definitely the guy, I'm curious if he gets invited to the opening finals, they don't invite too many underclassmen, but I thought he was definitely deserving
0: Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't Get invited, then you know why even have an opening finals. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's just be honest. But uh, he did he did a great job, and you know just the sky's the limit for that kid. That's you know we've said that for a while, but it, we just He just reiterated that this past Sunday he was phenomenal. Let's take it to the linebackers and the running backs, Greg. Let's start with the running backs. Um, a little bit of an underwhelming group for me, Greg. Oh yeah. I did not see a ton. Go ahead and take running back. <laughs> I didn't see a ton, uh, but one kid who absolutely stood out for me and who I thought was phenomenal um, in the kind of chase down drill, the kind of angle chase down drill oh, cat, to the sideline. What do they call it? Cat cat and mouth drill. No, no, no. The one where you know they give him the ball on the sideline. They kind of got a linebacker's got to angle him down, chase him down. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Because like I make you miss with one, one linebacker, one running back. No, no, no. It's
0: two linebackers.
1: Oh, two. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I yeah. yeah. I don't so, know
0: the name of that one. And then also in one-on-ones, Jaden Knott, the 2022 running back out of Norco, I thought was spectacular, Greg. Um, if it wasn't for him, the entire running back group would have had my stomach queasy. But Jaden Knott was special. He's got a special first-step burst. He's got special acceleration. Um, he is excellent out of the backfield in terms of route running, his hands. This kid, you know who he is? You know who he is, Greg, at the high school level right now? He's Alvin Kamara. He's Alvin Kamara. He's got a terrific running routes. He's got soft hands. He's strong, has a physical... Um, nature to him when he runs the football but man is he fast i mean this kid has a a burst he has a second gear that a lot of people can't get to jay not watch out for him special special football player
1: yeah no, uh our, our buddy maury up in northern california who you know trained joe mixon and Najee. he's already been talking about this kid um i, I thought Jalen armstead he got mvp i thought he was pretty solid mm-hmm. um Again, watch them a little bit, not in those drills that you just named, but more of the, the kind of the pass routes. I don't know what you call it, running back, one on ones with the pass. Yes. He catches the ball really well. And then I also, um, you know, I thought Chris Streak had some moments. Needs a little more wiggle in him, is what I want to see. You know, watch them in the, in the cat mouth, make you miss drill. And he's, he's kind of a straight line guy right now. So maybe loosen up those hips a little bit, Chris Streak, a little more wiggle. I like the body, I like the frame, I like the toughness, and that kind of—that's not really his setting. We know he's great in pads, but uh, if he added a little bit more, a little more wiggle, loose up those hips, I think he's got a chance to be even, even better. Should we jump to the linebackers already?
0: Well, really quickly, Greg. That's interesting because. Chris Street has, if you put on the tape, he's got some special moves. I mean, he 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 has a spin move that looked like Barry Sanders earlier in the year, and um, normally he can make guys miss. Maybe that just wasn't the setting for him, and it, you know, as a running back, that doesn't tell the whole story. We know that for sure, okay. And and I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't mention Chris Street. I thought he was good as well. Um, but it was it's interesting that you said you know he wasn't as shifty um, as you would have liked to have seen him, maybe loosen up those hips a little bit, uh, be a little bit more natural, making guys miss. He was, the, I know him to be that guy, uh, on film at least, uh, but for some reason that didn't show up for you um, yeah, at I'd the opening. I he
1: was more of a one-cut-and-go yeah. guy. I've never yeah. really seen him, you know, one-on-one open field. He's more apt to run over the guy than try to, like, do a couple of quick jukes, yeah. step. I've yeah. not really seen. Maybe again, you saw it in a different game than mm-hmm. I than I watched. But when I watched him, I, I love his writing style. But I've, he's been more of a he's more of a power back yeah. than a than a guy who's going to shift you and kind of yeah. make you break your ankles.
0: Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I mean, hey, that if it is what it is, then it is what it is. Let's move along. Uh, Jakai Torres. Kid from St. Bernard's?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's got a chance. Yeah, he definitely has a chance. Uh, I like the kid. I like his tape. I
1: know the kid. I like his tape. Yep.
0: I like the kid. Now, now, let's move to the linebackers because we're going to bring up Ja'Kai really quickly. Probably not in the best light, but Uh I thought he was pretty good as a runner. Linebackers. uh, Greg, there was a kid from Los Alamitos, and I want to say his name is DeLeon. DeLeon. Yeah, Gio. Gio De Leon. That's his name, right? Giovanni. Yeah, there, there it is. Giovanni DeLeon. Um, I didn't really know much about him. You know, heard about him, but didn't know much about him, or in terms of seeing his tape and whatnot. But I thought he stood out for me. His frame, um, his foot speed, his ability to play on balance in space, um, his length. He's he was a football player. I liked it. Um, I thought Noah Sewell, who was the linebacker MVP, I thought he was very good. Uh, I thought he tested great for a kid who's 266, Gray. Unreal. Yeah, that's pretty phenomenal. And then uh, you take it from there, GB. Uh, but
2: there
1: was a kid in Upload who wasn't bad.
0: Yeah, Tevin Fort.
1: <laughs> Tevin Fort. He was good. He was good. He was good. Um, he, are, you, are you saving Justin Flow for later or later <laughs> in the show? We got a Friday show you want well,
0: to talk I th- about? I thought, I thought, no, I thought Jonathan Flow was pretty good.
1: Yeah, I mean, do you not want to talk about Justin because he's it's, it's too obvious? Uh, I mean, I was kind of leaving that
0: for you. I was I was just teeing it up for you. But I thought, Tevin, I, I want to shout out that entire upland linebacking Core, And I know their coach just yeah. announced his resignation, which was shocking for coach me, Greg. Yeah. yeah, he's been there 25 years. Um, but that up in linebacker core, Ford, Flow, and Flow, I thought they were really good. Jonathan Flow, he showed some versatility. Justin Flow, he's just doing what Justin Flow does, right? Talk about it, GB.
1: Yeah, no, he's just different. And I don't, I mean, I feel like it's almost a waste to talk about him, right? Because what can we say that we haven't already seen? Um, you know, I mentioned it with, uh, you know, Gary Bryant adding 10 pounds. Justin actually told me he lost about ten and he did look thinner. did yes. you think? I, I thought he looked his yes. face. He just yeah. looked leaner and I yep. thought he moved really well. He ran four six eight. Yep. Which for that's a great time for him
0: mm-hmm.
1: on a wet day. Uh jumped thirty four and yeah, I, mean, I, I just I just love the guy, man. He just elevates everybody around like dude like we said before, he's got a little bit of craziness in him and I don't think it's put on. Like I think some kids act a certain way to look like a tough guy, don't cheat shot a guy. I honestly think you look at his eyes when he's playing. I just think he's got a little—he's a little nutty, but in a good way. You, <laughs> you know, know, like this guy's kind of psychotic. Like I love it. <laughs>
0: that's that's pretty funny. A, a quick story, but number one, I want to go back years ago. I heard Bob Davie talking. He was a former um, coach at Notre Dame. and Now I think he's still the coach at University of New Mexico. He says, you know, you need a couple thugs on your team. Now you don't need a whole team full of them cuz then you get yourself fired. But you need a couple of them. You need a couple thugs. And thugs I don't mean somebody's going to rob somebody. I just mean somebody that's going to take your lunch money on that field. Justin Flo is one of those guys. And you know, a reporter was asking me, Greg, quick story. We're at the opening Sunday, and so a reporter asked me, he says, "Hey Keith, you know, where does Justin Flo get that from? What how does he why does he why does he walk around like that? Why does he act like that?" Why? He says, "You know, what's up with that?" I said, you know, I have a three-year-old and people ask me the same thing about him. Why does he walk around like he wants to fight? Why does he look like, why does he look at me like that? And I said, they're just, boy. he's born with that. He he came out ready, ready for all the smoke, all the funk, and they want it. They They want to get it in and they don't have any problems letting you know about it. I want to get it in right now with you. Let's go. And you're just born with that. And I got a chance to talk to Justin Flo Sr., Justin Flo's dad. And he co signed. He said, I said, you know, somebody asked me about Justin and and his attitude and his mentality and where's it come from. I said, he was born with, with it, wasn't he? He said, Coach, soon as he was born, it's been the same kid. So he was like that when he was, the day he was born, he was like that when he was five years old. It ain't changed one bit. The kid was just born a dog, and ain't no getting away from it. You just kind of gotta tame it when you're off the field. But he was just born a dog, and so um, yeah, I'll take him on my team.
1: Dude, I totally doing this a long time. Like you, I, I totally agree with you. You're either born with it or you're not. Yep. You can't. You can. You can get tougher. Hmm. But you can't be like that.
0: No. No. Being tough um, is different than being a dog. Yeah. 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 And and Uh, he's a problem.
1: (laughs) I thought. uh, I mean, we could have a long conversation about Noah Sewell. Yeah, six two, two sixty six. Yes. Um. You know, obviously, you know, when we do rankings, it's NFL projection. Mm -hmm. Dude, the guy moves really well. Thirty five vertical jump, two shuttle. But he's going to be two ninety, right? If he allows himself to be. Yeah. And it just seems like man, he's got three tech written all over him. But we saw him last year in Las Vegas, and then again, he also showed up at the uh, Army Combine, and he he looks, like a, he looks really good. Like, it's so much more athletic, so much more fluid in the way he moves. Mm-hmm. And I think he's okay with the thought of moving down and playing. Obviously, he loves linebacker. right? Loves it, that's what he wants to play, that's his position. But I think he's okay because I think he realizes I'm 270 right now, I'm a junior in high school.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Chances of me staying at 270 in three or four years, probably, you know, with my Polynesian blood running through me. Look at his dad Look at his older brothers They're all pretty big guys So right. I thought for For a big guy The way he moved around He really jumped out to me I'm, I'm fascinated to see Where he's gonna be Body wise Physically right. In like three or four years
0: No I'm with you on that Totally Um One of the greatest Three techniques In the history of football Was a high school Linebacker Greg And we're talking about None other than Warren Sapp Um The NFL yeah. Hall of Famer He was a linebacker In high school And when you have Noah's um, measurables, athleticism and explosiveness from start from stop to start. Those are special, special traits that translate to a jet three tech that could be a serious problem at the next, next level. Just go ask a guy who plays for the Los Angeles Rams, Mr. Aaron Donald.
1: No, it's funny you mentioned Sapp. I think I, everyone knows I, have, I have struggle sleeping. I'm insomnia. I just stay up late and watch YouTube videos. And I think <laughs> last night I was watching this video of Warren Sapp being interviewed. And he was talking about how in high school he was a tight end linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yes. He went to Miami as a tight end. And they told him, hey, you got to go play your hand down. And he had initially, you know, in Warren Sapp's way, he said a bunch of words I can't say on, this, on the show. Right. But uh, he initially hated the idea because he wanted to be a linebacker tight end. And then uh, end up being one of the best of all time. So, um, I don't a lot of Bruce Walker. Remember him? Oh, Willie McGinnis and Bruce were the two guys. He was a high school linebacker, yep. running like, back. UCLA. Yes, people mm-hmm. still talk about him as being one of the best high school players. People would have thought this guy would be a ten-year NFL vet, and unfortunately, there was issues. But a lot of a lot of precedent for guys being athletic linebackers who end up moving moving to the D line. Anybody else? I, I like Rajon. John Davis. Yep, I, I love where his frame's at right now. He looks really, really good. I was watching with Chris King Bosco DL. He looked at the guy, and goes, "Jeez, like we don't we need guys like that." Are like, you? Come on, Chris. You got you got <laughs> plenty of guys like Are that. You but <laughs> he, when you got other, other opponents, kind of checking their guys out, I thought I thought yeah. Rajon really has stepped up his game. I, I love love the guy a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Jump at any time you want. I'm just kind of looking through the roster right now to see if anybody jumps out to me.
0: Yeah, no, I, I co-signed that. Rajon looked good. I thought he looked uh, tight. I thought he looked trim. I thought he moved yeah. really well. Um, he's just a, he's just a, a really good football player, right? Yeah, and it shows. Yeah, no it's it's going to show in pads, out of pads, seven on seven. That doesn't matter. He knows how to play football. So um, at that point, with his size and his kind of a skill set, um, he's going to stand out in any setting. So um, I'm ready to move along. Let's talk yeah, a little just, bit want about to DB's? yeah. Let's go to DBs really quick. Um, DB MVP Clark Phillips. Clark Phillips yes, the third. I'll,
1: I'll be honest with you, I did not see the guy who they named MVP.
0: Yeah. Um, okay.
1: Connor Lewis. Uh. He he was a kid from Arizona. He might have been on a different field and, and maybe doing really well. But yeah. on the I, I was I was kind of trying to watch. You know where they're going kind of going more best on best. So right. Props to Connor Lewis out of Arizona. I think it's Boulder Creek High School. Yes. But, yeah, Clark was my you know, was my unofficial
0: MVP. Sure. So that was my prediction going in. I thought Clark Phillips would win it. Clark Phillips, he's one of those guys, kind of like the Justin Flo, just born a dog. And um, I thought in off coverage, I thought he was pretty good. Um, he had some challenges, especially on kind of some end cuts where, you know, guys start at the top of the numbers and they end up on the opposite hash mark. Yeah. Um, but I think anybody's going to have an issue with that but once he got into press coverage Greg he was a problem yeah he was beating guys up he was hip to hip uh he's got his hands on a few balls I think he picked one off he's just and that to me that's his that's his thing put me yeah. in press coverage let me use uh, my leverage in terms of my height leverage let me use my strength and my upper body and control the release and then ride the wave up the field. I thought he was really good. Yes, sir. Um, Elias Ricks made a special play in coverage. Really uh, reading the route on a comeback, sticking his foot in the ground. Then the burst out of the break. Then the length and the radius uh, to go snatch the interception. I thought was really good. I thought Mason Williams flashed for me. uh, Made a couple pretty good plays. He gets a little grabby at times. He's a little, he's aggressive. Uh, but I like him. He's scrappy. He finds the football. He's very competitive. Jalen Davies. Man. You know, talking to big Horace McCoy says that's Merton Hanks right there. I said, what would he look like Merton Hanks out there <laughs> with that neck? But Jalen Davies, neck. man. I am more and more inclined to call Jalen Davies one of the top, probably five to 10 defensive backs in that 21 class this kid is a ball player he's going to play for a long time Greg he has everything you're looking for as a cornerback on the outside or the inside he can move his feet he's got fluid hips he has ball skills he's comfortable with his head um, turned to the receiver and then finding the football which is so rare Jalen Davies I really really like him what you got, Yeah, GD? no,
1: good group. I, I, I echo what you said on Clark. I saw him get beat a couple of times playing off. And then different story when mm-hmm. he was pressed. Mm-hmm. I haven't told, told Elias this. Now, he's my favorite corner in the country. I, I love the way he plays. But I thought he was just okay for me, Keith. And I, and I think I know why. He was so over amp about his forty time. That's all he's been thinking about. It's been He's been dreaming about it. He wanted to run a 4-5. He told me he's going to go 4-4. Four four, but he's hearing the talk about he's not elite, elite, because he's you know, he has that four six on his resume, and so he's he's only been doing speed training and not a lot of actual DB training. So yeah, I saw him get beat probably more on Sunday than probably the whole year combined. Mm-hmm. This past fifteen games, but mm-hmm. he made some plays. But you know, I, I thought Gary got him a couple of times. Like Chris Huskins got him a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Still love the guy, but yeah. uh, I he just wasn't your typical Elias. Just shut down everybody. Like. Not even any breathing room, but shoot, man, he's six two and he, he did get his four five. So he was—I uh, know he was stoked about that. But I like Mason too. Mason, yeah, it was funny. That was always the knock on 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 brother Max was Max was five eight, who's always tested four seven. So Mason runs four five, and he was kind of you know feeling like, hey, I got some bragging rights in the family now. I'm the fastest, <laughs> fastest Williams yeah, brother, right? Yeah, now. no, he
0: can he can run for sure. He can get on that highway. He did a nice job. Uh, made and a nice he, pick I, on the sidelines that I, I saw.
1: saw that. Yep, I saw that. I like Mason. Yep. I, I like him. Um, I like Jalen Davies a lot. It's hard to believe Jalen Davies and Rajon Davis are both just sophomores right now. They're both got so much upside to them. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Who else? I, I uh,
0: co-signed though. I thought. I thought. I didn't think Elias Ricks was sharp. Yeah, he wasn't sharp. Um, I didn't
1: think Darion was was as sharp as I've seen him before. You know, cat mouse receiver DB drills. Man, he got he got left in the ground a little bit, and that's one thing. Again, I love the guy going to great school, but he really needs to work on you know just becoming a you know little more dynamic of an athlete. He needs to be doing like speed training, quickness, all that stuff because his instincts are, are really really good, like you mentioned before on someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darren's actually good. About, good looking, looking back to the football, mm-hmm. um, making plays on the football. But it, yeah, if he wants to be truly elite, elite, um, you know those corners, I want to see him be able to run just a little bit more.
0: You, you got to be a great athlete. There's no if 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 athlete. about it. Yep, you got to, and uh, there's no way around it. Um, but you know, not every time you're gonna knock the you know the ball out of the ballpark. I thought he struggled no. a little bit for sure. Um, any other DBs come to mind for you?
1: But, you know, I, uh, no, I mean, Anthony Beavers made some plays. Uh Monty Jackson, I think is going to be special. Sure. Um, he, uh, just looks the part, hyper-athletic kid. I think he had like the second or third fastest 40 time. just a really good athlete. Yeah. But that's why, you know, kind of on on your, to to echo you, you know, you're not always going to, you know, have your, your best day. Usain Bolt doesn't run a PR every time out, right? I mean, that's why it was cool that you still saw Elias and Darion, you know, getting by in the opening because it's a it's a body of work. It's your yes. film, right? And fifteen games should be more worth more than one day, right?
0: Absolutely. So,
1: do we do wide receivers. No, no, that's that's our
0: last group. Yep. Okay. Let's talk Let's a little bit about the wide receivers. So, of course, you know the guys are running routes on different fields. You can't be at every field. Yeah. Um, I was with. I'm not sure where you were, Greg, but I was on the, I guess, the best on best field. I guess yeah. what, that's what they call it. Yeah. are there in the end zone. Okay. That
1: field,
0: yeah. Yeah, so I was on the sideline, and um, let's talk about a Gary Bryant Jr. Uh yeah. You know, talked about a little bit about it at the beginning of the show. Of course, his interview is going to be at the end of this show. I thought he was, he did what Gary Bryant Jr. does. Um, if you give him room, he's going to, he's gonna eat that's what he does he's a great route runner um yeah. he's a great stop and start guy he's gonna keep you off balance uh, he's got the speed to blow your doors off and then his ball skills are are tremendous his athleticism is is fantastic um uh, just he's gary bryant jr he's like yeah. you know marvin harrison real deal yeah just to the, the real deal He's the real deal. And uh, I made a tweet yesterday because I guess he picked up two or three or four offers after the—, the What?
1: Who's waiting F.A. to offer Gary Bryan Jr.? What? Lane Kiffin. Come on, Lane. Get on him, sooner.
0: <laughs> who, who does that? I mean, he's only been doing it since he stepped on campus at Centennial.
1: In their defense. Because t- Tennessee was one of them. Yeah. Um. You gotta think that's probably a T. Martin offer, and probably Tennessee didn't know about him. Yeah. They don't recruit out west, so I, I give Tennessee a little bit of a pass. But come on, Lane, Lane Kiffin at FAU is is trying to go in on him at this at this point. That was might be a little bit late to the table if you're FAU.
0: Yeah. Are you just a special playmaker, like like an Antonio Brown. He's just a guy. He's not gonna. He's not gonna run four low four three, right? Yeah. He's not gonna jump forty inches. But he's going to have a good time. He can, He's a good athlete. Let's not get it sure. twisted. He's a good athlete. But like Antonio Brown, I can just make every play.
1: That's a good comp- – I like that call.
0: Yeah. Pump return, kick return, doesn't matter. I'm going to find a crease. I'm going to make a play. And you can't really stop me uh, because, you know, I'm just that good. So
1: Yeah. He's, you know, get stronger, which he, his body looks he great, had. man. I don't mean to oh, sound weird. No, it did. It did, Greg. He, and if you're that, if you're five ten, like Antonio Brown, um, I mean, he's jacked. Sure. Right? So you can be five ten, but you got to be strong mm-hmm. as heck. Now, Brendan Cooks has always been real thick, strong kid. If you're going to go up against Richard Sherman, you 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 better be able to be a little bit physical. You're not going to win that physical battle, but you got to at least be physical. And so it's good to see Gary, you know, put on the ten to twelve pounds and and drop his forty time and look quicker and all that. Confidence was was sky high. He was he was ready to go. So. Any other
0: receivers that jump out for you? Yeah. Uh, I thought Chris Hudson looked pretty good. Yeah, I did. A, um, yeah. A, a route runner, a ball catcher. I love his awareness. Uh, his is kind of his spatial awareness. He understands where he is on the field and um, gets his feet in bounds on the sidelines. He's a guy, out of his breaks, I think is good. Probably because, not probably because, but one of the benefits of kind of being a shorter receiver, getting in and out of your breaks is easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Johnny Wilson looked special. Yeah. Johnny, um, I've always thought he was special. And uh, last year he wasn't moving at the same speed, Greg, that I anticipate for him. And, you know, I kind of have that same problem with my own son who's tall for his age. And when you're kind of going through those growth spurts, um, you kind of slow down a little bit. Because you're going through that kind of awkward stage, right? And Johnny now at six six two twenty, but he looked nice and comfortable. Greg, in that six six, he looked fluid, man. That's the best word to kind of oh, yeah. describe Johnny on Sunday. He looked fluid. He looked special, and
1: in, looked- in his defense, I, I just had the same conversation with someone else who said, "Yeah, his junior film didn't pop for me. He was actually hurt most of the year. He missed three or four games. Okay, he played banged up. A okay. lot. so I saw." A guy who just didn't look like he had a lot of juice. And I thought maybe his body's getting too big. He's mm. going to grow into a tight end. Right. Even asked Curtis about it, Conaway, before the, for the camp. I go, mm. hey, you know, break down Johnny and, and Jermaine and first Micah. You know, and, and he, he said, you know, Johnny can go. He's like, he's you're going to be shocked when you see just how he's healthy now. And when you see how he's able to run around and break and... And get off like you'll be you'll be blown away by it because he's he's he looks great so and he, he was right on the money on that one
0: yeah he looked really good Jermaine Burton I thought looked good I mean every time I see him I, you know what I think I think Michael Crabtree hmm. and I I Burton is an NFL receiver ready made Greg he has that skill set big enough long enough fast enough with really good ball skills and a excellent competitor and a great yeah. route runner. Um, he understands the nuances of that receiver position. I really like Jermaine Burton. Really like Jermaine Burton. He's an NFL player.
1: No real weaknesses in his game, right? No. You find, right. What, are you, what are you knocking for right
0: now? No, he can get deep. Um, he can cut you up in the in the intermediate, and he can catch and run in the short game. He's strong enough to break a tackle but fast enough to run away from you. Um, again, really like Jermaine Burton. I thought um, the young kid from Calabasas, which is –
1: Larry Miller? Larry,
0: no, not Larry Miller. Larry Turner.
1: Larry Turner? I was call him Larry Miller. Like <laughs> a car, car dealership.
0: Yep. Larry Turner, I thought he looked really good as well. Um, Larry looked like he increased some speed. He got bigger. He got stronger. I thought Bo Collins, um, he impressed me with the way he looked. Um, he made some plays. Josh Jackson uh, yep. from Narbonne. He stood out for me, especially in drills. Again, Mario Martinez, our sleeper of the week from Reseda. I thought he looked really good. And there was a kid, Greg, well, I'm sure nobody paid attention to. And I don't even, because I don't carry a roster, I don't know his name, but I, he was number 111. So if you have the roster in front of you or anything, Greg, he was 111. Yeah, he was a dark-skinned kid. Uh, okay. he, he had a thick yeah, yeah, frame. Yeah.
1: But yeah, all I he did was get open and catch same. every ball. Yeah, he, he's the kid who's at Calabasas now. played with, with Darnell Washington at Desert Pine two years ago, being transferred in uh-huh. to Calabasas. I, and he's a... I think he's a running back. He Uh worked out with the receivers. He Uh looks like a stinking running back. He's like jacked. Yeah. But he he had a good day. I I agree with you. He was Mm -hmm. really good.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: Calabasas has him, Turner, Burton, and Wilson. Yeah, Not not a bad little trio.
0: Yeah, they're loaded. I want to shout out uh, Coach Superfly's son. He calls him Pop. I'm not sure what the kid's name is. He plays over there at Upland. He's a, yeah. a newly corner, transition from a receiver. But I thought, you know, he competed really well. I thought he was aggressive, knocked some balls away. I thought he challenged some guys up in their chest. I thought he competed really well. I want to shout him out uh, because he, he seemed a little hesitant at the beginning, but I thought his confidence grew, and he figured out, hey, I can play with these guys, and he went out there and did his stuff. So uh, that was, I thought, Cam Bland, I think he's at Long Beach Poly. I thought he made a couple plays as well. And showed pretty well for himself. And uh, I think that about does it for my receiver deal, Greg. What do you think?
1: Um, yeah, a few more guys for me. Um, I like Kevin McGee. I thought he looked oh. explosive. He's back at Narbonne now. So oh. that's good to see. And then Christian Dixon. This is kind of cool. Um, obviously, national recruit, tons of offers. Um, but... It, he was wearing a different, so i watching him and not knowing it was him because his jersey was was, was numbered wrong. Mm-hmm. And he was just, I go, this guy's long, but he's super athletic and he showed a great burst. Worked yep. out with Jeff Johnson. Yep. And I found out later on it was Christian Dixon, so it was cool. I, it's cool. I like you. I don't like to always know who I'm looking at mm-hmm. ahead of time. You don't want to have those biases. Yes. But Christian Dixon, really young kid, uh kid from Bishop Gorman, uh, Rome Adonzo. Yes,
0: Rome. Mm-hmm.
1: Rome, he mm-hmm. can go. Yes. He's got some juice. He's got some speed. LV Bunkley he made some plays. Mm-hmm. Um. And then just to keep piggybacking on your Jermaine Burton again, talking to you know, talking to Curtis, I said, hey, so who do you take? You know, Micah is at Oregon. Johnny, he goes, dude. Jermaine is different. He goes, he's different level. He goes, he can do things that no one else can do. He'd be a, he'd be one of our best defensive backs. He goes, he's from the South, and he just has that southern dog mentality that we just don't have out here. Hmm. And that's true, but it still pains me to hear it because I I hate that. It's West Coast football, Keith. It's just it's just. Uh, We're hurting a little bit, and having Jermaine Burton come out here and just having Curtis say, dude, he's just different. They're different out there in the South. Yeah, It's so true, but uh, that was probably the deepest position, you think? was Probably the wide receiver position, probably the deepest?
0: Yep. It was a good group. It was definitely a good group. But speaking of Curtis Conway, I I sent out a tweet yesterday and got a lot of run on it, GB. I thought Curtis Conway was phenomenal. He was probably my my overall MVP of the camp. He... He just brought a professionalism and a professional um not in professional knowledge and mindset to that receiver position. The way he coached those guys and the way he took advantage of how the defense the defensive backs played them, the, those receivers were eating all day, right? Now of course they had some struggles kind of down the field a little bit. I think the quarterbacks added to that, but in terms of the leverage game, those defenses, those DBs, were playing hard inside. They were making out cuts and making plays on the sideline the entire time. Uh, and T- Curtis did a great job of helping those guys get lined up. You know, really working on you know taking the leverage and really uh, expanding it, expanding that leverage to the outside. I mean, Gary Bryan, he wasn't just catching out routes going out of bounds. He was catching uh, Greg and he was turning up. Without being touched, right? And this is touch football we're doing out here. So um, I thought Curtis was really good. He did an outstanding job coaching those receivers, and that's that's not a knock against the DB coaches or anybody else. I just thought he stood out for me, and his guys took advantage of his expertise.
1: Yeah, no, it's always educational talking to him. He, he's so smart, and yep, it's funny because he always points out. I think he's I think he forgets that he he told me the same story ten times. But you know, you know, <laughs> I was a, I was a quarterback in high school, GB. Yep. I'm like, I know, Curry, you told me that the last time we, we talked. So, like, so I had to fine tune everything. And I wasn't just, people thought I was just a speed guy. You know, speed's overrated. Which is, he always, every time he talked, he says speed's overrated. And, he was, 10-4 honest, gotta, and he was a 10 4 guy. He goes, and I was a speed guy, I was a track guy. <laughs> yeah, he was. He goes, you need to know how to corral that. And if you can't, speed's worthless. So yeah. he's good people.
0: Yeah, no question about it. All right, now I'd like to welcome in four star wide receiver per 247 Sports. We're talking to Gary Bryant Jr.
2: Hey,
0: Coach, how you doing? <laughs> hey, it's all about you, big dog. You know what I mean? You, you come from Sunday shining to Tuesday recording on The Transparent <laughs> Truth. When you ball, you get the call. Gary Bryant hey. Jr. here on The Transparent Truth. The dynamic Gary yes, Bryant sir.
2: Jr. Coach, really appreciate
0: it. Hey, Gary. We've been knowing each other for quite a while now. Saw Gary coming out to eighth grade, met him, met his dad, good people, met his mom, uh, sibling, and uh, Gary is a a special young man. And uh, I got the other GB. I guess I got Gary Bryant Jr. I got Gary Bryant, GB as I like to call him. Then I got Greg Biggins. Two goats. I feel like I'm on a farm. Greg Biggins, (laughs) take it over, my man. What you got for us?
1: What is up, Gary Bryant? I I haven't, haven't talked to you in a long time.
2: Nothing much, nothing, nothing much.
1: Hey, congrats, dude, on everything. We already kind of had this conversation at the end of the opening. Man, you are banged up. You're kind of hobbling a little bit, tired. Long, long day. How you feeling right now?
2: Feel good. Just, just, I just feel good. Resting, getting ready for next week and training. So, what is next week? What do you got next week? Update me. Uh, we have the um, Adidas camp, so we'll be there performing. There you go.
1: Hey, what is your schedule? Run it through me. You just did the opening. You got to the opening. You got Adidas next week. What else? What's the rest of your spring plans?
2: I have the Adidas account, and then uh, I'll be going to Oklahoma April 10th through 12th for my official. And then uh, I'll be up in Arizona State February 28th uh, for an unofficial for their spring game. So that's pretty much it so far.
1: Hey, I definitely want to get to you. Definitely want to get to those college visits, Gary. But let's, let's just kind of talk about the opening for a second on Sunday. Uh... You know, it's kind of funny to talk to your pops early in the week. He, he wasn't too sure if he wanted you to run a forty. Said, so, "You know, Gary hasn't really been training for that. He's doing wide receiver stuff, but not a lot of speed training." You go out and bust a four, four, six in the rain. How did you feel? And uh, kind of going in, did you feel you had that time in you?
2: I just, I, I just wanted to go by how I felt at the time. And when I went out there and started stretching, I felt kind of good. My legs was loose. Uh, the, the camp on Sunday was the first thing I did since, since season uh, besides training, so I feel good to come out there and run and. When I ran, it, he said 4.46, I was like, woo, it's so good. Like, all the training and stuff I've been doing. So, just to know I'm there, I just got to improve from, from there. So, Gary, I mean, you look
1: really good. I mean, I, me and Keith were just raving about you. And it, it's, uh, I went back just for the fun event, looked at your, just your combine-only test results from a year ago. And now you put on, like, 12, 13 pounds. You look good. You've got some veins in your arms finally. You're obviously uh, you're scratched. your 40 time last year. This year you, you go four four. I mean, if you if you can, what have you done in the last year to kind of get bigger, stronger, faster, quicker? I know it's kind of hard to train during the season, but uh, what have you been doing the last year to, to become such a more dynamic and a stronger athlete?
2: Uh, just hitting just hitting the weight room twice twice a day after we were hit at school, and then after school I go hit the weight room, taking taking protein, eating a lot more healthy healthy things like and just, on the field training in, in between the white lines, training hard.
1: Hey so Gary great season last year, right? You guys are running the table, you guys are smashing everybody. You get to the semifinals and you always know it's always gonna be Centennial against either Bosco or Centennial against Day. You're playing against Monterey, you know, you look up look up at the clock and it's twenty one to zero already. Uh, what do you remember from that game and kinda of how disappointing was it to go out that way?
2: Oh, I just remember us just having a bad day on offense. You know, too many, too many mistakes on the offense side of the ball. Our defense was pretty good last year, and they held their own. And in, 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 the, in the game we played against Modern Day, and they held their own all year. We just got to come out stronger this year, uh, offensively, uh, with the big games, even even before playoff time. So I think that that'll change this year as well. Yeah, you guys' the defense really was good.
1: Um, obviously had a few pick sixes, but you guys get Modern Day Week Zero. This coming yeah. fall, are you already thinking about that game? I mean, it's got a long way to go. we got all this, you know, spring, summer events and some official trips. But are you already thinking about a little little payback to those Monarchs?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, sir. Most definitely just thinking about just being you know, on that field week zero, playing there at the an Animal again as well. And I know it'll be a fun game, great competition. I know Bay uh, has a lot of great DBs. So we just got to come out in our A game and just train hard this season so we can come out with a victory.
1: Hey, what's it like playing for Matt Logan? I mean, I don't know if you listen to the show or your pop says, but me and Keith talk about Matt Logan in, in almost a weird way, like almost like we, we're in love with the guy, which yeah. uh, which is partly true. I mean, he's probably the best high school coach I've been around. Maybe Bob Lattester at De La Salle, but it, what is it like on a daily basis working for a guy who's basically a, a football genius?
2: It's, it's amazing just seeing him coach us and tell us what what we need to be doing to win to win games, you know, no off season. I just got out of the weight room right now, and he was telling all the kids that – that we got to just push harder in order to win. He knows what it takes. He needs a winning coach. So we just listen to him and do do as he, he says.
1: So, Gary, right now your, your stock is really blowing up. Tennessee just offered the, the yes. fighting Lane Kippins that FAU just offered. But uh, you told me you have about five or six schools that are kind of pushing hardest. I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you mentioned Stanford, UCLA, who just offered. Uh, yes. Washington is in there. ASU is in there. Oklahoma's getting a visit. USC's always going to be in there. Uh, if you can right now, what's uh, what are maybe uh, that's a big list. You have maybe two or three schools that you really feel like you're connecting with, maybe better than the others.
2: Uh, I feel like I'm com- uh, connecting with Stanford, well, Washington, Arizona State. I love Arizona State coaching staff with Coach uh, AP, Coach like and Coach Fish. Um, I feel like I, c- I connect with Coach Dody as well. We, me, and Coach have been talking for a long time before they. I mean, yeah, before they offered so when they offered it was just a blessing and now we just can continue to build our relationship with with custodian U C L A.
1: So I already asked this question. I know the answer but I want the fans to know. You have got one official trip set to Oklahoma in April. You mentioned the other four are gonna be in the fall, so you can see the kind of see the game atmosphere, but what made you decide to take the one official visit to Oklahoma in the spring as opposed to, you know, taking all five during the fall season?
2: Yeah, I wanted to take one uh, for the spring game because I know uh, Coach is telling me that he can spend more time with me rather than if I go out there for a game because I'll probably come out there Friday and they'll be sleep Friday night getting ready for the game Saturday. And Saturday I have to spend time with them um, after the game as, as opposed to the spring game. I can spend time with them Friday when I come out there, uh, Saturday all the time, um, and then even Sunday when I leave, the day I leave. So Stanford
1: is, is a really unique offer for me. I mean, that's like, you know, you got to be a special, not just an athlete, but a a scholar-athlete to get that one. Uh, how yeah. do you feel to get the Stanford offer, and, and how high is your interest in the Cardinal right now?
2: Well, it feel great. It feel great. You know, just knowing that football is, is not always going to be there, you have to have a backup plan, and for Stanford to offer me academically-wise, you really can't beat that. So, I know I take a big toll in that, and Stanford is always going to be high on my charts just because of that, academic wise And then the football program is amazing, too, at that. I know they got Tanner McKee. He's going to be in my class uh, because his trip, so I know I can link up with him and they'll have a pretty good program there.
1: Mm. Take it, Gary. You're reading my mind. You're still my thunder. I was just about to ask <laughs> you. Mm. You know, Tanner went on his mission for two years. Yep. He's coming back to yep. Stanford for your, he'll be part of the 2020 class. What do you yep. remember about Tanner McKee? I mean, that, that guy can throw the ball like like few others. Uh, yep. What do you remember about Big Tanner.
2: I remember just ball placement being on my nose every in and out every break. just right there. I really have to do no too many anything or acrobatic catches, None of that. I know the ball is going to be where I need it to be when I play with Tanner. So I love that.
1: And then locally, USC has always been there. Um, you know, I've heard you say that's kind of like the, the school that a lot of your family, you know, kind of supported growing up. UCLA recently offered. Uh, there, you know, Chip's been criticized a little bit for, for delaying. Offers, right? It's taken too long for a lot of lot of people, but they finally put the offer out there for you. If you can talk about USC and and growing up, Is that your school? And then also UCLA, you know, you camped them last year. Um, They haven't offered too many players in the 2020 class at all. But uh, was was the offer? You kind of like, you know, did it did it rub you the wrong way, or do you kind of understand that it's it's a long process and it takes time to get offers from 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 certain schools?
2: Uh, no, I kind of understood. It. it was a long process. I, I still talk to Doty all the time. He was just telling me, "Be patient, he will come. Be patient, it'll come." He was telling me it's a long process. They got uh, Chip Kelly as a head coach, and he wants to really clear everything out and get his recruiting class uh, going. So I was just patient with it. Really didn't get too upset with it. Me and uh, Doty still had a great relationship even without the offer. So I, when it came, we just continued from there. And uh, with, with USC, I know I know JT Daniels, we throw the ball all the time. I know they got Bryce Young, 2020 quarterback, and he's great. I can go in there with him, and and, and I know they got a great receiver core. So just for me to come in there and fill the shoes as a receiver core just goes good.
1: Uh, ASU, you, you mentioned that's the school. I, I kind of noticed your, your your voice got a little little more excited when you mentioned ASU and just the connection you have. You've been there once before. You're going, I think you said what, at the end of, end of this month, right? You're going to go visit yeah. ASU again. What's your relationship like with those coaches, and and uh, what is your uh, kind of you know vision for ASU in terms of they're moving in the right direction? Coach Herm did a great job; I think he exceeded a lot of expectations. But where do you see ASU in a couple years from now?
2: Uh, I I know that the program is for sure going to be going to rise. It all already is. I uh, went there; he's already changing the program, and I have a great relationship with Coach uh, Antonio Pierce, Coach Rob and Coach Fish. We talk all the time on the phone, and. I love being down there and talking to the coaches and the atmosphere.
1: So, Oklahoma, official visit. Do you know any other schools, Gary, that you know you're going to officially visit? Obviously, no dates yet, but anybody else who looks pretty good to get a an official trip from you
2: in the fall? Uh, Yeah, so I'll be visiting Washington and Arizona State for officials just haven't set a date yet. Coach Keith?
0: Yep, I'm you here.
2: anything for our guy? I
0: do. I do, GB. And, I, and, and talking to GB1, I do have... Uh, A question. So, I'm a big Gary Bryant guy. I don't know a bigger Gary Bryant guy than me, other than probably Gary Bryant Sr. Um, (laughs) Gary, I made a comparison earlier with you and Antonio Brown. Okay. How do you feel about that, and what do you think you guys have in common?
2: Uh, I feel that that's a great for me to be compared to him. I know that's one of my favorite receivers personally. So, for you to say that is. It just I, I, our level of play and how we play, not too big receivers and just can get in there crafty, can run vertical, can run ditch, can run in and out of breaks. It's just relatable for me and him.
0: Yeah, there's no question about it. And lastly for me, you grew up um, out in the IE. Tell me about your what your Pop Warner experience was about, who you played for, were you always – I heard the stories, the legend of Gary Bryant, you were always kind of the guy. But tell me a little bit about your Pop Warner days.
2: Uh, Pop one of my first uh, uh, tackle football team I played for the Merino Valley Ravens. Uh, we we were we were, we were good. We, you know my dad coached us. We went undefeated like almost my all my years playing youth football. Uh, just and then I moved when the, when the Ducks first came out. I played for the Ducks and went over there. Tried to get my name buzzing. I know the Ducks have a good name as a program for itself. So I went over there tried to get my name buzzing. And my last year I played for um, Paramount Pirates. And then that was that was it. And I went high school.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. So now, you know, going into your senior year, this is your last hurrah, your 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 grand finality. What do you expect out of yourself and out of your team on this last ride?
2: Uh, just competing, come out there competing. I know Coach Logan is, is scared of no competition, and, and that's how I want our team to be. You know, we got, obviously, modern day week zero, and I want, I want us as a team to come out there and be prepared, and hopefully the result will come out a little different this time, but I know that we've been working hard for this season, and uh, myself, I've been working hard as well, so hopefully everything pays off.
0: No doubt about it. Ladies and gentlemen, Gary Bryant Jr., a special football player, a great student, and an excellent young man here on the Trans Parish. Gary, we appreciate you for joining us. Get back to school, get back to class, and uh, have a great rest of the day.
2: Uh, I appreciate you. Appreciate it, Greg Biggins. No doubt about hey, it. Thank you GB.
0: All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate Gary Bryan Jr. It's time to bring this baby to a close. I know it's been a long show, but thank you for joining us. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.